Welcome to Bluntcast number three, a Facebook Live event that we do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday while we're on this sort of quarantine lockdown. Uh, so if you have Facebook, check it out there. And if you don't, you can listen to it here. Um, this week's, uh, or this Bluntcast guest is George Miller. George is a former Philadelphian who's currently living in Tokyo. He was a journalist at the Inquirer and Philly Weekly. And uh, he was a professor of journalism over at Temple, and now he's the associate dean at Temple's Japan campus in Tokyo. And he's also the founder of Jump Magazine, which was an important magazine in Philly that covered the uh, local Philly music scene. And so George joins us to talk about his transition from Philly to Tokyo, how Japan's dealing with the crisis, uh, the Olympics, and... Life in general in Tokyo and what's different than Philly is a pretty interesting interview and uh, it's cool talking to someone on the other side of the world. Sounds pretty good and we hope you'll check it out and spread the word. Stay safe, wash your hands. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Philly Blunt. My name is Johnny Good Times. I'm Reef. This is Greg. Uh, we got a great guest for you tonight. Uh, we're very excited to have him on. Uh, we have uh, George Miller, who is coming at us live from Tokyo, Japan, where some big news just came out in the last 24 hours. Uh, uh, George is originally, uh, well, I guess originally from Wilmington, right? I'm from Delaware. Yeah. But you, what up, but D-Town? You were, what up, D-Town? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Bob Marley. Yeah, that's right. You and Bob Marley from Wilmington. Um, so, uh, but you've been over in Japan for a couple of years now, and now it has to be fairly surreal to not just be experiencing this international, uh, you know, craziness that we're all living through, but experiencing it halfway across the world. I'm not sure what you're talking about. We don't actually have a pandemic here. <laughs> oh, no, everything's cool. Right, right, right. Oh, man, everything is lovely. It's beautiful sunshine outside. The trees are blooming. Everybody's outside drinking. It's a lovely, it's a lovely spring day in Tokyo. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then that, uh, I thought that now that they announced that the Olympics aren't coming, that people were going to quit pretending like it wasn't happening. Well, they haven't actually. I, I don't think it's official yet. I just think, uh, I think Dick Pound went out there and was just kind of setting the tone for what's going to happen. That's uh, a great name, by the way, right? Dick Pound. <laughs> oh, Yeah. What's his name? Dick Pound. That's a Dick power Hand- Dick Handle? No, no Dick Pound. P-A-O-U-N-D. Like, pound it. Dick Pound. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was there, was there a, a major reaction to that story over there that you noticed? I mean, you no, can't really go out in public much, so I don't know if you have noticed. No, I mean, uh, we, I, I was serious, man. Actually, everybody's outside here in Tokyo. We, we're not on lockdown at all. Like, I read about what's happening in Philly, and Philly sounds scary as shit. In Tokyo, I mean, we were out over the weekend, and there are people everywhere. So it did is- it pa- it passed you guys? Like, I'm not, I'm confused. Like, did it? Did you guys, you guys nipped it in the bud and kept it moving? I think we had the Olympic wave. Really? So, I think while they were still talking about the Olympics, they kind of kept, I don't, I mean, I, I have no idea to tell you the truth, but I mean, I think as long as that the the idea of the Olympics coming to Tokyo was still in the air, um, they just kind of kept everything like normal. So we haven't had an increase in confirmed cases. We haven't had a massive increase in deaths. Things are stable. It's crazy. That's actually really, really great news, man. 
Yeah, we shut down. Like Japan shut down pretty much on February 28th, and schools shut down. They got rid of big events, and so they did like the sumo basho the, the tournament. They did that in. Uh, uh, they did that in um, without people, and so they did it in an empty stadium. And so you know the big events and schools shut down on, on March 28th. Oh, excuse me, on February 28th. But the rest of the country has just been. You know, riding the trains and hanging out in the park and you know, doing all the regular stuff. Do, do you think they're trying to pretend like it's, uh, you know, that they're trying to pretend like things are normal because they want the Olympics to happen? Or do you think that you guys are just inexplicably lucky and it's somehow passed you by? I mean, you can't hide this stuff, man. You know, if people are dying, you can't hide it. And so me and a bunch of journalist friends over the weekend were talking and they started doing research on – you know, are they hiding the corona deaths and pneumonia deaths or flu deaths or respiratory deaths? And the numbers aren't increasing anywhere. And so we have no idea. It is a, it is a Japanese fucking miracle. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like, do you trust that that's what's really going on? Or do you think that there's some sort of cover-up? No, man, me and my wife, we hang out in the house. I'm supposed to work right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, I, uh, I think it's a time bomb. But that's just me, you know, based on nothing. Actually, just based, based on, on nothing. Based on what I read in, you know, in Philly, in Philly stuff. Um, right. Got me a little nervous. Yeah. But yeah, really, man. I mean, people are still going out. People, people are still going out, but they're not. Uh, can't go to bars or restaurants or, or retail stores or anything like that. People still go to the park. I was out, what was it, Friday night. I went for a run. And there was still lots of people out down by Taney Park. So people are still, uh, you know, people are still going out and, and, and being close. But just because everything's shut down, that's definitely helping with the social distancing. Um, but I don't think people are taking it as seriously as they probably should, especially considering how close we are to New York, which is getting slammed right now. Well, my wife and I, uh, like last weekend, we decided we'll get on bikes, we'll go for a ride. It's cherry blossom season. We'll go look at the, uh, the trees and everything. We go out to the park, and there's like a thousand people in this tiny little park, and they're everywhere. And so we're like, all right, you know, people are people have been locked up for a week. Maybe they want to get out. We go to another park, jam packed with people. We go to another park. There's people playing basketball outside. They're playing like, you know, they're playing tennis outside. It is everyday normal life in Tokyo. On the trains, there are. I mean, like the trains on a, on, a, on, a, on a normal day in Tokyo, when you get on the train, you're getting cupped by like five people. Right. And it's like that every day. You're just like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I mean, that's my whole thing about it is like, especially with Philly, like, I don't know how long people can, you know, play this stay in the house thing, man, because it's like people are losing their fucking mind. And it's only been like a, a really a week, you know what I mean? Right. So it's like, I don't know, like, how. This this whole thing just <laughs> this is uncharted territory, right? Like you, you see, I walked past Sasuke. They got all the liquor stores are boarded up, all the windows because <laughs> they know if shit will go down. Like give them another week or so, people are going to be trying to get liquor any way they can. Well, I have a friend who owns a bar. I'm not I'm not going to you know throw him under the bus, but he's saying like I can't stay closed for another week. Like I, I'll give them two weeks and then I I'm reopening. You know, like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, hopefully that I think people are counting on, you know, not getting rent called in or not getting, 
you know, pe- you know, people are counting on something going down because there's no way if they make you pay 100 percent of your rent, then every bar or restaurant except for the really you know well-heeled guys are going down April first. Right. So I have to think in the next week there's going to be some pretty drastic measures taken so that we don't lose every bar and restaurant in the city except for the top, you know, 50. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, 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 there's going to have to be some pretty drastic things done because otherwise how do you, you know, what's the point? Why are you paying rent? <laughs> I mean, yeah. with no revenue. I know some of these guys are trying to do the takeout thing, yeah. but that's just stopgap. Right, right. George, have you been in contact with family and friends? Obviously, how are, how are your, your peoples here over here uh, doing? You know, everybody seems pretty good. My mom, uh, my mother's Japanese, so I moved here. I took this job. I, I applied for the job because I got family in Japan. Right. But my mother is still in Delaware. And so, you know, she seems to be doing good. You know, on, any, on, on, a, on, a, on a regular day, she's got, like, food stockpiled for, like, six months. And so, you know, <laughs> This is a normal day for her. <laughs> every day, yeah. yeah. So she's not doing anything. She didn't drive. She didn't go anywhere. So, yeah. you know, she's out in her garden picking vegetables and right. planting vegetables. So right. it's just normal life. My father's in Florida. Uh, so it's crazy down there because, you yeah. know, a lot of old people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. And the young people work. And the young people at the beach. Yeah. 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 They just locked down the beach in his, uh, he lives in Fort Myers and they locked down the beach there. So people can't even go on the beach down there. Wow. Meanwhile, here in Tokyo, man, uh, people are, people are on the beaches. They're in the parks. They're climbing mountains. You know, y'all should come over here. Yeah. I know. Yeah. If, 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 if this is just somehow the whole thing bypassed you, bypassed you, then yeah, why not? That's one thing I've, I've been wondering, like if, you know, if, because it looks like China has kind of gotten past it. Uh, it looks like South Korea is on its way. I, I'm curious, like, is there any possibility of there being sort of migration uh, over that way? Because if people can't work here for six months, but they could go over, you know, they could go to China or South Korea or something like that and work, I wonder if people would actually consider doing that. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, there's there's no explanation for why Japan doesn't have crazy numbers like everybody else. I mean, the people keep telling me like, oh, Japanese people, the culture here, everybody's so much more cleaner. Like yeah. they wash. Hands. You guys, were, they were rocking the masks like way before all this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. I mean, people wear, people wear masks because they don't want to talk to people. So. <laughs> so is there is like, there confusion as to why the Olympics are being postponed then? Do people get that there's shit? other people coming over there? Probably other athletes bringing that shit, right? I think people around the world are, are raising a lot of stink. People in Tokyo are like, "Okay, we're going back to business next week." Right. So schools are going to open up next week. Right. Um, universities are going to open up in April. Right. We at Temple, we're talking about opening up our summer session at the end of April. Right. And so they're talking about getting back to life as normal. Yeah. I, that's I don't know, man. Like. Th- that sounds fucking amazing right now. <laughs> that, that's a lot of people. Like, I feel like they're just jinxing the shit out of everything, though. Yeah, yeah. So what is uh, what is Temple Tokyo like? Is it is it built in the middle of the hood like our temple here? <laughs> we, we 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 used to be uh, in a fancy neighborhood uh, until See? August last yeah. year. Yeah, and uh, we were in like where the embassies and consulates are. Mm-hmm. But we moved across town, and so now it's pretty funny, man, because right now, across the street from our campus, it's like the projects. You see? You but can't get it's temp- Temple is Temple. Temple's going <laughs> to Temple. <laughs> Japanese projects. And so it's like, it's like, they're like really nice, and they're brand new. 
Yeah. And, you know, they treat people well in the projects here. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy. But where we are now, it's like a a real neighborhood. And so it's great. Like, right around the corner from us, they have this thing called the Shoten Guy, which is the shopping district. So there's bars and restaurants and Mm. all these little places you can buy stuff. Uh, It's great. And actually, we're in a neighborhood now instead of where we were with the, the consulates and embassies were. And so everything's cheaper here. And so okay. you can go out and you can get a, um, you know, you can get a Nihonshu, a Japanese sake uh, mm. for like, you know, a dollar, a dollar fifty. And, you know, you can get beers for, for a buck or two. Nice. And so students love it. Yeah. So you love it. You loving the choice you made to move out there, huh? You know, it, it, it was good because, you know, I lived in Philly for 25 years mm-hmm. before coming here. Mm-hmm. And my job has me as the liaison between the Tokyo campus and main campus. And so they were sending me back and forth to Philly every three months. Uh, I was supposed to, I'm supposed to be there right now, actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, but my, my trip got canceled. And so last year, I spent almost three months in Philly. Nice. So I, I, don't, I don't feel like I actually left. <laughs> you see a yeah. difference in students in Tokyo than in Philly? You know, we, got, we have an interesting mix of students. So 40% of our students are Japanese. And so a lot of the kids are like me. I'm, I'm half Japanese. And so a lot, of the, a lot of our students are students who have mixed backgrounds. Uh, and so they kind of like cross cultures. We have a lot of Japanese students who are just kind of fascinated by Western culture. And then we have 40% of our students who are Americans, which includes a lot of veteran um, students. And so we get these kids who have like a fascination with Japan. And so they just want to be here. And then because Japan's an international place, we usually pick up like 15, 20% of our students who come from around the world. Yeah. And so campus is crazy, man. You'll hear like 25 different languages in a day. You'll see pockets of kids talking Swedish and Japanese and uh, French, you know, faculty, uh, you know, doing the same thing. It's an interesting place. Do, do you Yo, we're so dumb over here. <laughs> <laughs> Speak Japanese. Like, how do you communicate and teach out there? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, I might hear South Philly accent right, once. Right, day, right. North Philly accent. Yeah, that's it. East. That's it. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, so we, we, accent. we we got one guy who went to um, he went to uh, he went to Newman, right? So he's here. He's been here for like fifteen years or so. He Sounds like he's from Iowa for the most part. And then I brought in a guy from, uh, from South Philly from main campus to come teach for us last semester. He's also, he's also the new McGrady guy. Mm-hmm. They come hanging out, and all of a sudden, they just went, like, all sorts of South Philly on us. And I was like, like hey, you, shit, you down there, the Tomaney brothers, you down there, bro. <laughs> and they, knew, they knew everybody in common. It was like, oh, yeah, that's my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were tired of reach South Philly Italian impersonation. I'm telling you. <laughs> Linguistic. I got family members complaining about that. Stop it. <laughs> I just noticed you have a background now too, so you guys are you guys are plotting us. I, I I look super unprofessional right now. Man, I I spent yeah, you got you guys on a green screen. Kitchen. I gotta use it. Yeah, I'm I'm in a galleon, uh, reefs out in front of the skyline. I mean, you're just in a kitchen. I don't know. I'm on the South Street yeah. Bridge, just chilling. Just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so George, was there a big was there wasn't much? Was there a big culture shock when you got there? I know you've been there pretty regularly through the years. Uh, but still being somewhere regularly and actually moving there from a place like Philly, I have to think it's somewhat of a culture shock. Yeah, you know, I, uh, so when I, when I was coming to Japan, my, my family's way down south in the countryside. And so they live on like the side of a mountain. 
And so it's like hills and trees and, you know, beautiful farms and everything. So I never spent much time in Tokyo. Tokyo is a massive city with like, you know, depending on how you calculate it, like 30, 35, 38 million people. And so it's just insane. There's just a shit ton of people everywhere. So when I would walk out of my old apartment, my wife and I just moved across town. We would walk outside and literally you would have waves of people just coming right at you, getting off the train. And like you couldn't get through. And so that was a little crazy. But, you know, Japan itself is a pretty, pretty amazing place. Yeah. People are nice. Mm. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't believe when I went there, like at like ten or eleven o'clock at night. We were in Shinjuku, with the business district. The amount of people on the street waiting for the red light, and no one, no one crosses on a red light. Even if yeah, there's a car coming up for like three minutes, everyone just waits, and then it's just yeah. this mad rush of like hundreds of people at like eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, last train comes at like eleven thirty, twelve o'clock, twelve thirty, and there'll be thousands of people on the platform. Most of the people like filling their suits and everything. Their yeah. faces all red because they've been drinking all night. <laughs> Half of them are like crumpled up in the corner, leaning against the post. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, we were on the train one time, and we saw this guy at like, you know, midnight or whatever. He's just crumpled up on the floor. His wallet's off to the side. His cell phone's over here. His briefcase is on the other side. And somebody went over, and they, they like picked up his stuff, and they put it on top of him. Right. I was like, oh, shit, that would be gone in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is like the culture is a big on, you know, respect and honor. And I mean, this is just from what I what I assume I know, but it feels like that's a big thing over there. It's kind of being like a respectable human being, right? <laughs> I know that's a crazy concept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, the, uh, the, the whole idea of Japan is that society is greater than the individual. Ah. And so that's what comes first. So Imagine that. Maybe, yeah, right. maybe, that's, maybe that's why we're, we're fairly safe right now. Maybe people actually gave a shit and they start, you know, little kids and teenagers and younger folks started avoiding old people. And so we didn't spread it around as much. Mm. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I was amazed at? The quality of 7-Eleven in Tokyo compared to over here is unbelievable. <laughs> it's random. Like they had... Um, they have like a, you could buy like white business shirts because that's the that's the entire. Seven <laughs> Eleven, they had white business shirts in Shinjuku. It's crazy. That's what's up. So George, what's the music scene like that over there? I mean, it's such a gigantic place. They, I mean, there's literally everything. The yeah. the most difficult thing for me is that uh, they do shows that start at seven o'clock and they're over at nine o'clock. Wow. Sorry. Yeah, I'm definitely moving over there, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, reset that age. Reset the age. <laughs> it's good for old man hip hop. Yeah. None of that's going on. No, none of that. None of that going on at you know one thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's wild. So you're a big. Uh, are are, you, are there any like? Do you go out and listen to music, or do you find listen to bands that are, you know, that are the you know, the hip, the hip bands in Japan or do you go to more underground type stuff or what? I mean, we, we roam around and we do a little bit of this and that, uh, the, the music scene in Tokyo is so spread out and, uh, I mean, shows are actually usually expensive. And so even if you go, they call them live houses here. Even if you go to a lot, a small live house that'll hold like 30 or 40 people, tickets are still like 25 bucks. So we don't go out as much. Like, I used to live around the corner of and I would just go and see all the shows for free. Um, and so that's kind of what I like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tokyo, it's expensive. And then, like, when they get big acts coming through, 
you know, it'll be like a hundred bucks for, for a ticket. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I don't go out too much. We go dance all, right. all the time. <laughs> so so I, I wanted to ask, is there any desire to, for a lot of people that don't know, you, you founded and were the editor of uh, Jump Philly, which was yeah. an incredibly awesome uh, magazine that focused solely on the local music scene in Philadelphia. I know a lot of people uh, that were able to get, uh, you know, great looks from being in that magazine. Uh, one, I wanted to, to ask you, what made you start that? Um, how were you able to sustain it as long as you did? And is there any chance of it coming back in magazine form from Tokyo or eventually back over the States? I know that's a loaded question, so take your time. Yeah, so I, uh, I was teaching at Temple, and I took a bunch of students to London uh, for a summer program. And we went over there. And I don't, I don't like to just do theoretical classes. And so we went over and we studied London from a music perspective. Mm. And so we traveled all around London for six weeks and we listened to music, interviewed people. We put together a magazine over there. And then I came back with the magazine and I was showing some of my friends in Philly, you know, most of them are musicians and artists and creative people. And they're like, this is great, but I don't, I don't know London at all. Uh, we should have something like this in Philly. And so me and all those people, uh, a lot of people, like I used to play baseball with a bunch of people at 8th and Poplar, and it was like a Saturday pickup baseball game, co-ed, mostly drinking all day, barbecuing, uh, music. So I got a lot of those people involved. Um, they were designers and artists and writers and photographers. And so just a bunch of us got together and put the magazine together, and we didn't know if we were going to be doing one magazine and then stopping or what, and then we did one, and then people started reaching out to us. And they were like, uh, yeah, how do I get in the magazine? How do I advertise? Um, and so it was just so random. Yeah. And, uh, and then we just kept it going. How many issues did you end up making altogether? I did, I did 27, and then okay. I think they did another five without me for about another year afterward. Okay. Who, who yeah. took so you? You passed it on to somebody? Yeah, a friend of mine, he runs uh, Grid Magazine. Okay. And he used to run Magnet and a few other magazines. Um, so he picked it up. He's a music okay. head uh, with a good business sense. So he picked it up. Cool. Well, how can, how can, how can, it's a weird time to start a magazine, right? Like, how, how can, how, do, how can you, I mean, it seems kind of gutsy, but is, are, are people still reading them? Yeah, so the magazine's gone. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, no, I know that. But I'm saying when you started it, which was what, 10, 15 years, 10 years ago? ago? Yeah. Yeah. Like, even then was a pretty crazy time to say, you know, we're going to start a magazine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I, mean, I think I, I, like, I, I love the internet and everything, and I'm on the internet constantly. Like, I'm checking my email and looking through Facebook and shit while I'm talking to you guys. But I think that uh, there's value in having a, a product. And so, like, the magazine, uh, it wasn't timely. Like, like, we did Reef back in, you know, summer 2013, and it's not like – you know, Reef was the biggest story back then. Reef was just a good story to tell. And so what we did was Thank we kind you, of like, nah, I mean, it's a good story. And, like, you should have been on covers of magazines for years in Philly. Thank you. Thank um, you. you hear but, that? <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I think that – I think what we were doing wasn't, like, news. It was, it was kind of like uh, – uh, it was a time capsule. And it was like, look at the amazing shit that's happening at this point in time. And so it's not like you read it and then throw it away. To me, like you read it, you keep it on your coffee table, your friends come over, you put it in your bathroom in case you run out of toilet paper, but you keep it around. And so I think there's greater value to it, um, which was always my argument. So, 
Yeah. I knew people that kept uh, issues around for a long time. Yeah. I still have I still have a ton of issues. I, I was wondering, what was, how did you get it in? Because uh, it would be in like the most random like bars, restaurants. How did you get people to carry it, so to speak? Uh, I, I had a I had a 1999 Toyota Solara, and uh, me and my dog would drive around the city dropping off magazines. Yeah, good stuff. That, mag that magazine was a pain in my ass, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, was so, it, it was so good. It's really it's really missed here. There's nothing there's, it's nothing so like it. You have to get the key online to try and find some local bands, but they just can't do it. They don't do the same depth that you guys did. It was such a good magazine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they, they were great guys. So a lot of a lot of the, the jump crew also worked at, at the Key. Um, and so we were all good friends. Actually, uh, you know, we all used to do stuff together. We'd, show, we'd do shows together. Uh, we would write. We used, to have, um, we used to have music writer parties at Fergie's and stuff. Um, so all the little music writer crew, we were all, we were all really cool. They've all filtered out all over the place. So. That's awesome. Well, one, one question I had for you was, you know, you've been out there a couple of years now. What is it? Uh, is there, what do you, what are you missing the most about Philly right now? I would kill for a hoagie. Oh yeah. yeah. Where's your go-to spot? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I lived in Northern Liberties for the past 17 years before moving to Tokyo two years ago. So I got my guy on Gerard Avenue, second and Gerard, George's. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. George is good. Yeah, he, so he, 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 knew that, he knew that my name was George and, like, I'm kind of <laughs> ambiguously ethnic. And so I think he thought I was Greek, too. Yeah. And so he used to cut me a break every time I go yeah. in there. And you never, you, never let him, you never let him on. You just you went with you went yeah, with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever, whatever works. Yeah, He's watching this crying like, you betrayed me, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Most people speak Spanish to me, man. So whatever. I'll, ta I'll take anything. Yeah, this guy was going to free shows and eating half off hoagies. I don't know how he ever left. <laughs> yeah, suddenly, oh, man. Suddenly, your life was good. What did your What did your wife say when you came to her and said, "Baby, I'm 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 I want to move to Tokyo"? Was, was she on board right away, or did it take some convincing? No, man. She's uh she was adventurous. Mm -hmm. So she's from she's from just outside of Philly. Mm -hmm. Never been to Asia. Uh, never been to Japan. Yeah. Uh, doesn't speak a lick of Japanese, doesn't know anybody over here, but she was a good sport about it. Nice. So nice. she got a job here now. Um, you know, she's working from home. She's probably downstairs listening to me right now, shaking her head. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. How long, how long are you planning on being out there? I don't know. I don't know. When's the, when's the, when's the, when's the coronavirus ending? <laughs> right. Yeah, right? Couple yeah. weeks. Trump said a couple weeks. We're good. <laughs> I'm very good at yeah, science. Yeah. I, I know science like nobody knows science. Yeah, you guys it's gotta be tough for you guys not having a stable genius and control your government. <laughs> <laughs> we we have the stable genius's puppet though, so you know, Ooh. it's like next best thing. Burn. <laughs> yeah. no, they're, they're, they're like best friends over here. Yeah. Um, so have you looked are you have you gotten a new dog? I know Mookie was like you, you had a, a dog that was 15 years you had him? 20 years? Only 17. 17? Yeah. Yeah. Have you thought about getting a new pet? You got a fish? I just got a fish, yeah. <laughs> no, man, I can't go through that again. That yeah. dog broke my heart. Yeah. He was like, it was like if he saw you, you saw Mookie, you know? Yeah. No, he used to go to shows with me and everything. 
Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he be, he be, he was like a little celebrity on his own, you know. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, yeah. he uh, he was a uh, he was a regular in Philly. He would go to he would go to all the bars <laughs> and restaurants with me. Yeah, he would make all the deliveries with me with the magazine. Yeah, yeah. He spoke at like whenever I spoke at colleges and stuff, I got permission to bring him. So he went to Villanova, mm -hmm. uh, Arcadia, Temple, St. Joe's. Oh, yeah, I've seen some shots of you teaching and him like sitting like right by your side. It's pretty cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. Life is short, man. I'm, I'm going to enjoy it with my dog. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Question about sports over there. I know you're a baseball guy. Do you, do you, do you go to any of the baseball games over there? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I tried to try out for the uh, Yokohama Bay Stars last year. I got shot down. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't even let you try? Nope. No, man. So in Japan, one of, the, one of the things they do is when they have Japanese stars go over to America, they'll go to America, play their careers and everything. Uh, and since they don't do like a farewell to Japan, they'll come back at the end of the season when they do open tryouts and they'll do like a day or two. They'll go out and then all the crowd will be there and they do like a big farewell thing. And so I reached out to the coach from the Bay Stars and asked him if I could do it. He was into it. He put me in touch with the PR people and the PR people were like, no. That's a bad idea. <laughs> I was like, I'll write about it, man. I'm a journalist. I'll write about it. It'll be like this big story talking about cultural differences in Japan. It'll get people outside of Japan interested. They'll all come here. They'll right. go to Yokohama. And they were like, no, nah, that sounds silly. You're too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeping so it honest with you, you know? What's the scene like at the games? How is it different uh, from, from going to a Phillies game? Uh, so they, they divide the stadium. And so one side of the stadium would be for the fans of the home team, and the other half will be for the fans of the visiting team. And so when the home team is batting, all the fans are going crazy. They're waving flags and banging drums, and they've got, like, you know, they've got cheerleaders and all this stuff out there. And then when the other team comes up to bat, that side goes quiet, and then the other side goes crazy. Interesting. So there's, they, keep to, they keep the riffraff to a minimum by keeping them separated. Yeah. So there's no fighting. If you're wearing the wrong colors, they'll be like, I'm sorry, you're on the blue side. You need to be on the red side over there. <laughs> are, there are, you, are there usually a lot of visiting team fans there? So we went to the uh, – they, they had the American All-Stars playing against the Japanese All-Stars last year. And so my wife and I went. And so they played in the, in the Tokyo Dome where the Tokyo Giants are. And so when the Japanese side was batting, all the fans are going crazy. They're waving flags and everything. And then when the Americans were batting, it was like me and my wife. <laughs> we're like, come on, let's go, Bruce Hoskins, woo! And that was it. Like you could hear us screaming to the entire venue because um, we were screaming. That's awesome. So yeah. as a journalist, what are your thoughts on the the current narrative of you know, kind of a war on actual real news and journalism? Um, is it something that uh, you? feel is uh kind of dying down a little bit as pe more people realize how much bullshit has been spewed or do you think it's something that we can't really recover from because there's a lot of people that i know smart people intelligent people that have kind of fallen for this this trap and idea that you know they don't believe anything anymore and i think that's very dangerous and scary i think i think it's really dangerous and scary i mean i think the reality is that we don't have like regardless of what side you're on if you're left or right you know, you take what the president says with a grain of salt. Even like the people who believe him and believe in him, they don't they don't listen to everything that he says. The people on the other side completely disagree with him. And so we don't have a trusted source in the government. Right. Uh, 
the, I think the, the president and then social media has kind of under, um, eroded the trust in, in journalism. And so people don't have a trust in journalism anymore. Everybody thinks CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, ABCnews.com. Everybody thinks that everything is so partisan anymore that we don't trust anything. Right. And so we don't have a trusted source of information. How do we actually function as a society? Right. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm at a loss. So I'm actually studying. Um, I, I think that I think that one of the things that can happen is that I think universities can be um, leaders in communities. Mm. And so I think you know it's kind of a tough thing if you look at what happened in Philly with Temple and UP and like pentrification of West Philly. It's not a. It's not a. It's not great what they did, but they had power to do stuff. Right. And so if, they were, if universities were able to harness their power, their abilities, and all the brilliant people who go there and all of the brilliant people who work there and harness that for good, you could actually put, hand, you could put control back in the hands of more people rather than relying upon government for um, guidance and everything. So I'm hoping that uh, education can fill the gaps where you know, journalism has been completely undermined and we've got a, a political system that's just um, – corrupt and, uh, you know, full of malfeasance. Yeah, but I, I feel like the, the, the two things go hand in hand, though, that people also don't like or trust people who are educated. Like, yeah. they're the they're all liberals. Anybody that's smart is, is elite, and they don't get it. So, yes. you know, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know if universities being the arbiters of truth are going to be any more trusted than, you know, news organizations, right? I'm hoping that in a, in, in, a, in a Bernie world, when college is free, you actually, be, you actually open up the meritocracy. And then if actually, if, if, if college is based upon you and your values and your abilities to do college, uh, and college isn't worth, you know, it's, it's not about who can pay for college, it's more about everybody should get college, and then I think, it's a, I think we, have a, we have the ability to create a more democratic base. That's what do I'm hoping that, Do you think that's a possibility? Do you think that's a real thing that could happen, or is that I just mean, a pie in the sky. I mean, I, th I think colleges have to change. You know, I think this, what we're going through right now with colleges going online and everybody teaching, I think the online education, it works in some instances, but for the most people, online education sucks. And if you, if you are like a young person who's paying for college right now, you're pretty pissed off at what you're having to go through. Yeah. And so I think that between the cost of college being so high and this experience, which is probably going to continue for the summer, and then maybe even the fall, I think we're going to see a drop-off in students. And so unless we actually create a system that um, makes college more affordable, um, I, don't, I, I, I think colleges will really suffer. And so I think the federal government is going to have to take action to make college more affordable. And once they start making college more affordable, that's going to give information and access to information uh, to more people. And then if you give access to, to a more democratic base, I'm hoping that everything will spiral upwards. Yeah. Sorry, I think, I, think, I mean, uh, I come from journalism, which is all about providing information to people. Right. So we're, 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 the intention is to educate people. And right. so now I work directly in education and I do journalism on the side. And so everything I've done has always been around education. And so I think we need to give people information um, and then they'll go up from there. How have you adapted to the, you know, the, the online teaching thing uh, for the moment? Is it, are you, do you see, is there a big difference in, in the connections you're making? Or do you feel like it's just kind of, you're talking to a screen and you don't really know what's going on? <laughs> I, I spend all my life on Zoom anymore. Yeah, yeah. 
this is like the eighth meeting I've had on Zoom. In time. <laughs> <laughs> it's only it's not even noon there. I know, yeah. man. Sorry, your day's full full of Zooms. Um, but I think it, I think I mean. I mean it, it's fine and everything, but the, I think the real value in going to college is being around people. Right. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like I said, our, our campus, we have, we represent like 55 or 60 different uh, countries. And, and so you come and you sit in the student lounge and you'll meet people from around the world. Right. Um, you'll hang out with people who have different ideas and different accents and uh, different styles of clothing and everything. And so you learn so much by being around those people. If you're just sitting at home on a computer, you can get an education, but you're not gonna you're not gonna enjoy it. Yeah. Did the, the, the international students, like the Americans and people from other countries, do they have to go home like they did to a lot of kids in in, in the states? Yeah, most most of the Americans are. Uh, we have we have study away students who are visiting from colleges in the U.S. They all bounced. Um, we got a lot of Americans who live in Japan, and so they stayed with us. And our Japanese students are still here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we lost probably. Probably like twenty percent of our students fled around the world, which they can do. Everything online, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, but it seems weird because it doesn't seem like the virus is hitting you guys, and they're going back home where the virus is. I know, man. I'm trying to get my mother from Delaware to come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. smart. Right. All right. We want to take it to the blunt. Oh, wait, wait. Let me get I have one more question for him. All right. I went on Rate My Professor. You do really well on Rate My Professor. Like you have a four uh, out of five out of five. I, I, I delete. All, I delete all the bad ones. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so Dr. what is that like? Yelp for professors? Yeah, man. <laughs> so, like most of them say, George is cool, hilarious, fun lecture, a little profane. He's a rock star. His powerpoints are great. His powerpoints <laughs> are great. And then there's this one guy right there. He had George twice. I've had George twice so far in my Temple career, and I would die before taking him again. <laughs> <laughs> the man drains the little bit of fun and intrigue that is left in journalism. He hates all writing, including his own, and he loves to he talk about himself. If you have to take him, ignore his advice. <laughs> How would you respond to that? <laughs> Who the fuck is that kid? Fuck that kid. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't delete that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know I was still on there, to tell you the truth, man. I haven't seen that thing in like 10 years. Oh, man, you throw Miller and you're like the second one that pops up. You have such a high rating on here. Like literally, yeah. like 99.5% are all great. And then there's this guy. There's yeah, always yeah, got to be one. There's always got to be one. Dude, there are people that give thumbs downs on YouTube to like, you know, Otis Redding. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, right. How? 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 Yeah. I this don't know. song's this terrible. Voice, this guy's voice isn't that great. But I'm not I, sitting on the fucking dock of the bay. <laughs> Fuck the bay. I, I used to teach. Uh, I used to teach classes like two, two and three hundred people, right? And so, uh, I mean, you're always going to have people who hate you. Um, <laughs> So I, I mean, over over, I taught that class for about eleven years on the main campus in Philly, and so over eleven years, I probably taught about six thousand students, mm -hmm. um, which is most of the uh, restaurant and um, and and uh, bartending staff in Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and so you know, there's always going to be people who hate you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. don't let don't let Greg. Greg likes to throw in uh, a love <laughs> yeah, ball here and there, yeah, just to yeah. spice it up for no reason. 
Yeah. Did anybody, did anybody write about my dog, man? <laughs> nothing. Nothing on the profile. I didn't see one review about the dog. Oh, man. Maybe maybe he's got his own uh, – maybe he's got his yeah, own – Yeah, 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 Professor Mookie. Mookie. Look him yeah. up. <laughs> All right, let's take it to the blunt. Yeah. All right, here we go. Rapid-fire questions, rapid-fire answers. Um, where, uh, where, when you come back to Philly, where's you gonna, where are you going to get your first cheesesteak? Uh, cheesesteak? I've got a hoagie, a hoagie at George's. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, Greg. Uh, you're a music guy, so what's the first concert you ever went to? Oh, man. I don't want to tell you that stuff. I mean, the, the very first concert I ever went to was not like a real concert, man. I saw Sha Na Na at the Valley Forge Music oh, Theater nice. uh, in like 1977 when I was like four years old. Yeah, nice. <laughs> what is your favorite pitch to swing at? I swing at every pitch. I think my favorite pitch would be the first one. There you go. I like the second that. second pitch would be the second one. <laughs> Good well, answer, what's your, George. What's your what's your at bat music? Oh man. Um, oh shoot. Uh, I get back to you. I got a good right, one, but I can't. Right. Really yeah, think on that one. Uh, do, Greg, do you pachinko? No, man. That shit's too uh, too smoky. What is that? It's like a like slot machine video games, or they play? Uh, they have parlors of them all through Tokyo when I was out there. Yeah. What is uh, one of your, it doesn't have to be the one, but what is one of your favorite Jump Magazine uh, covers? The Cypher Reefs. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, the Reef cover was good, man. I think the uh, the Reef cover was like, it was like a big Reef head. Yeah, like, I, had my, I, had, I had fake glasses on. I was doing the Malcolm X uh, point to the temple thing. But I'm serious, besides me, obviously. Somebody else. Well, we, we had nose go. Uh, the street artist, he did, a, he did a design for us that I thought was really cool. Incredible artist. Yeah, I don't know. I get, I, I, I'm a photographer, so I generally like photography, but uh, I think the art stuff stands out. And okay. so our last issue, um, by Heavy Slime, uh, I really like that cover too. Nice. Uh, he did, he did, a, he did the, t the 27 Club um, art. And so it was like 27th issue, 27 Club, when all the musicians had passed away. Mm -hmm. uh, and so he did some really hot, hot art for us. My, my walk-up music will be Love Man by Otis Redding. Oh, nice. 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 Uh, what is an, undergrad, uh, an underrated uh, band or artist in Philly we should all be listening to? Oh, man. I'm out of the loop, man. I've been out for like almost two years now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who's still breaking out. I mean, Mannequin Pussy is still one of my all-time favorite bands out so of Philly. Good. So good. So good. So good. And like just, just a great live show. I mean – uh, I, I'm a, I, like one of the reasons why I like going to Reef shows is because Reef like gets into it, and not only just like gets into it, but get, he gets into the crowd and gets into it. And I love seeing the passion in music. Yeah, man. And so um, Marissa from from Mannequin Pussy, I mean, she just puts on an amazing show, and she's an incredible front woman. Yeah, she's like a beast. She's so tiny, and so much energy comes out of her. Yeah. Um, what's the worst job you ever had? Uh, I, I liked all my jobs. My very first job was working at uh, Bain's Deli uh, in the Cochran Mall. Um, but you know, it wasn't the worst thing in the entire world. We had a we had a we had a hoagie we had a hoagies for a, a sneaker hookup, and so I had some friends who worked at Foot Locker, and so we we, we used to make deals together that way. Nice. Yeah, so I made the best of it. Yeah. How do you maintain uh, on the flight 
from Philly to Tokyo? What it was something that you what are, what are advice you would give someone that has to take a flight that long? I don't know, man. I uh, I don't sleep. So I mean, yeah. I don't sleep in general in life. Right. And so when I get on an airplane and I don't have access to email and all this other stuff, I just sleep. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> Uh, yeah. I usually fly like Philly to Minneapolis and then Minneapolis to Tokyo. And okay. so from Minneapolis to Tokyo for like 11, 12 hours, man, I sleep. Wow. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, there's something about the hum of the plane that knocks me right out. It's like a, it's yeah. like a, you know, that, that like air conditioned sound. I love it. Yep. All right. When the, uh, when the, when the three of us come over there for the, the actual live show. Where, where where's the first place you're taking us uh, out to eat and drink? Well, I feel like I feel like I got to take it. Uh, Greg and I were talking about uh, yeah. Sean from Union Transfer. He's in Tokyo all the time, and he's got a spot here called the Beat Cafe. Uh, Wait, he bought a, he bought a spot out there? No, no, no. He just hangs out. Oh, he's all there. right. All right. <laughs> I mean, he's there all the time. Yeah. Um, and so I would definitely take you there. Okay. Uh, that area in Shibuya is just fun. Right. Uh, so, so a lot of the like the train shuts down at midnight, twelve thirty, one o'clock, somewhere around there, depending on which train line. Uh, and then afterward, it becomes a different place. And then you start seeing like the late night people, and then it becomes really fun. And so where 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 B Cafe is, it's in the late night party place, yeah. which is like a mile from my house. So, yeah, it's good fun around there. Uh, I see you follow Elvis Costello on Twitter. You have a favorite Elvis Costello song? Peace, love, and happiness. Mm. Do you have Do you have a tat, uh, tag up at Tattoo Moms anywhere? Have you ever signed any any of the the building? No, but there may be jump stickers all over the place. There are. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I did it, but there may be jump stickers everywhere. All right, I think I think we're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. We really appreciate you coming on, brother. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. It's good talking with you guys. Good yeah, stuff, absolutely. George. Yeah, man. All the best out there. All right. We got room. Y'all can come over. We do have plenty of room. <laughs> all right. I'm sold. Yeah, once they left out of the house, I'll, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're all – yeah, we're dying to go anywhere, man. Yeah. <laughs> we got – yeah, we got the doors all slammed and locked, so we're looking to go somewhere. Dude, I went in my backyard today and just screamed. <laughs> I'm dead serious. <laughs> I mean, I'm not looking at you like you're crazy. I'm like, yeah, I get it. It's <laughs> like, ah! All right, man. All right, man. Take it easy. Thanks, George. All right. I'll see you later. It's the sound of Philadelphia. the home of brotherly love brothers covered in blood the man's office is covered in bugs the youth dreams cut short